Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Greetings. Greetings. Welcome. Come on in. Come on in. Greetings. J.P. Farrell. Come on in. Beloved. Mason Burns. Welcome. Welcome. Greetings.
Shakes rascals to have sacrifice. The owner of warnings is the one who is Eshu, Aboru, Aboye, Aboshishe, Ashe. May I ever reach a room? May I ever be accepted? May I ever allow what we desire to come pass? So we say, Ashe. Greetings, greeting this wonderful day. Divine, all blessed greetings and salutations. You are now sitting live with the Divine Prince. Pan-African spiritualist, practitioner, author, and advisor, Elagun Oloye, Hutu Obeo Bokur. And also sharing with me today in co-hosting is my cousin, my newfound cousin, Oloye Ifawole Oladeji Efantade. And if I didn't pronounce your name right, please help me out. <laughs> But I'm certainly honored and appreciative for him taking out the time from his schedule today to be with us and to be a part of the show. We want to bring something a little different today, and we want to share a a topic, a subject that really, for me, um, really hits a personal core for me, because when I consider and Think about the light within, the spirit within. Indeed, that's all we truly have in this universe. Indeed, that's all that's truly ours, uh, per se, is that light within. And as I was coming along along my spiritual journey, my elders often taught me, well, first, that we stand on the shoulders of mighty ancestors. That was the first thing. But secondly, that no loa, no orisha, no deity, no power outside of yourself can help you, can address you, can assist you if your head is not right. And and we refer to that in different ways depending on the path. In Haitian voodoo, for instance, we say lave tet, to to cleanse the head, to cleanse the consciousness, to cleanse the, the energetic uh, activity and connectivity that we have at that seventh chakra, that seventh and eighth chakra. In uh, Ifa, I, I believe it's um, Ibori and the ability. We can't hear you, beloved. And I don't, oh, wait a minute. All right, try that again. 
historic, ritual, documented traditions for addressing the head and empowering the head. Uh, but, but again, when I think about the spirit within, it, it's so much deeper than just what, what's at the top. It, it, it's all those layers that come behind it. So I, I appreciate you. I'm grateful for you. Um, I welcome you to the show and to the platform. Uh, please speak speak your feel, teach as spirit would have you to teach. Um, it is indeed a topic that, that you brought to the to the forefront. So I want to hear your your opinion. I want to hear your dissertation, you know, about this material. And we'll all respond. We'll allow our co-hosts as they will to join us here live on screen. Uh, you can also access by way of Blog Talk Radio at 845 845- Two seven seven nine one four three eight four five two seven seven nine one four three, and remember to press the number one on your telephone keypad, and I'll open your mic and bring you into the conversation. Go mm-hmm. ahead, beloved Oloye. First, let me just share, you know, Mojiba to Alimare, uh, Mojiba to Ufa, Mojiba to our, our ancestors, Mojiba to all the Orisha. Mojiba to all of those uh, ancestral ages who are with us today. Uh, when we speak about the spirit within, the, the, there was a couple of thoughts that came to my mind. The one definitely is our ori. Our ori is that which is born within us. It is our particular orisha. And before I even start, let me give honor to our oba. Uh, oba is sigbenne for shea from sola who is the founder of the Ile Ala Orisha temples. Um, and so he's my particular rule, and he is one of the top people in Obatala, the top person in Obatala here in the United States. And so, uh, the, and the other part of that was Obatala, because when we talk about pure light, and of course we're talking about the owner of the white cloth, and that is Obatala, the one who Illuminati ordained to create uh, to come down and create humans and, and create the civilization. And so um, in Ori, of course, our Ori is that which is born with us. No, nothing, nothing at all can be sanctioned without the consent of our Ori. And so when we have to, when we look at our, our verses, our Odu, our Odu Ifa, which is our books of Ifa and the scriptures of Ifa, it specifically says, that there's nothing, there's nothing that we can make manifest. There's nothing that we can make anything happen unless our ori is consenting and unless we are moving into being in alignment with our ori. And so it is essential when we speak about the spirit within that we are going deep, deep, deep inside of us. I look at deep, deep, deep inside of us as Olofu. Because Omicron is that which is very, very deep within us. Some of us have worked different fields. Some of us have dealt with different traumas. So different fields like law enforcement, maybe military. And we've seen some things that really sit with us. We've gone through trauma. Some of us have gone through sexual trauma. Some of us have gone through 
trauma seeing somebody die or trauma in, in being physically attacked or seeing people physically attacked who are close to us. And within that, that is our, our down deep is like working with all of them. Because sometimes we don't realize how much we hold in, how much we have not really worked on, or how much we are, we are, we are continuing to hold in side of us that doesn't allow us to fully heal. And so Olokun is the one that is down, down deep. Then we have, of course, Oshun. Oshun is the one with the mirror, the one that really makes us, when we go down deep, to look in that inner mirror. And when we look in that inner mirror to see ourselves, sometimes we see ugly and we, we, we stay on the ugly. And we never look at the other side of this right here that we're going through is part of our destiny. But also on the other side, if we can kind of just move through that, look at things honestly, and begin to change what we need to change within ourselves, mm -hmm. then the beautiful side will manifest, mm -hmm. right? And then on top of that, of course, Yemoya then deals with nurturing. We, we went through down deep. We, we, we saw that we were holding this thing in. Oshun forced us to start bringing it out and having to face it and look at it in our mirror. And now we're looking at it in the mirror, and we've dealt with, we're looking at it, and we know that we have to make changes. Now we're starting to make the necessary changes. Now we're moving up, and yet the Divine Mother uh, Yemoya then sees and begins to nurture, making us nurture ourselves, not being so hard on ourselves. We call that Iwa, right? Iwa, Iwa Pele, to have gentle character with ourselves to be able to forgive ourselves for anything that we've done wrong, anything that, that people perceive in us that we've done wrong. And then as we work on our EY and as we're working on our gentle character, we're working on our healing. It's like going to a doctor and we look at the doctor and we say that we have uh, principles of healing. The principles of healing is one, we have to acknowledge our injury. We have to acknowledge what's hurting. We have to acknowledge what's going on. After we acknowledge it, then we know that we have to make a necessary step to maybe a doctor or something. The doctor, when he goes, he's either going to be poking that stuff or he's going to be asking many questions. But when he posts that stuff, he's looking to ascertain the possibility of how deep the injury is. So then he sends you to x-ray or he sends you to get an MRI. And when we go to that MRI or the x-ray, we can't hide anything within. Whatever's broken is going to be manifesting through the x-ray. So now we are in ourselves. We're looking at our inner mirror, and we're seeing this big x-ray. And for many, we don't like what we see at times. So now we know that we have to now, since we know what the injury is, we now have gone into the next step, and now we can get the appropriate medicine the appropriate prescription that will help us in our healing. In Ifa, that's the Odu Ifa that gives us the prescription as to what can we do to fix that which is in our lives that is not in alignment. And so now we get this and we get this prescription, but it's also up to us to take the prescription. And if we don't take the prescription, then we can't get mad at anybody else but ourselves because now we are not taking the prescription that is going to help us 
to heal and to overcome the circumstances and situations that are in our life. So that's all part to me of the of the 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 uh, the healing and and the inner spirit, the inner conscious, and how to build that inner conscious, how to deal with it in a logical, practical manner. I hope that makes sense. Absolutely, it does. Absolutely, it does. And I was very appreciative that you mentioned um, Oba Obatala to the U.S. Um, I actually had the opportunity to meet him uh, some months before the pandemic. And he actually came here and, and we did a podcast together. So I was real grateful to uh, to hear you, you know, bless his name and and mention him before you sort of got into your, your discussion. But I most certainly um, connect with you 100%. And there's so many parallels there that um, are represented in, in voodoo, and particularly Louisiana voodoo, in terms of how we we live how we address healing, sickness, for instance, how we uh, address the idea of lack, you know, versus the idea of having and plenty. Um, Also, I'm very appreciative of how you presented the Orisha um, in a way that's so organic and and, and so natural, you know, to who they are, and, and so absent of a lot of the Magical, supernatural, um, supernatural, uh, illusionary stuff that pop culture um, has attached to to the Orisha and to the traditions. So I was really mm-hmm. grateful for that as well. Um, you speak of Olokun, you know. I understand Olokun to represent the mysteries, mm-hmm. uh, the mysteries of life, those things that lie beneath the, the sea. Those things that lie within our own subconscious, within our own um, interdimensional travels that we're not always focused in on. Um, I talk a lot about string theory on this show and the idea that we exist in 11 interdimensional spaces at once to sort of create the reality that we that we believe that we are, are living in. But indeed... Um, what we can imagine, what we can dream, what we fear, what we create and recreate in our consciousness is indeed already real in one of those dimensional spaces. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, the goal is to bring those things, that energy, into this present moment in time space that mirrors our best interest. Yes. So yes. I, I, I spend more time... And I don't want to get into percentages, uh, but I'll probably spend more time with ancestors or re-addressing my head, my consciousness, and then that innermost depth. I I believe now, again, pop culture has changed some of the language. So when we think about what shadow work is, again, it invokes the spirit of Olakun. Mm-hmm. It, it invokes the spirit of, of, of not only passing through Yemaya first, the cleansing, purifying, mm-hmm. nurturing nature of, of those waters, but then allowing yourself to recede back from always being in control, of always being the director. Indeed, standing in a place where 
Mawa, Lisa, Ola Damare can show you magic. Mm-hmm. For indeed, right. we live and exist in magic every day. I've seen it. I swear by it. I, I'm a witness to it. I've had it happen to me. I've had it happen to people around me and people that I work with. So, so indeed, there's a magic that exists. You know, some mm-hmm. might say that giving the birth of a baby might be magical. Uh, the mm-hmm. idea that we're able to pull resources, all sorts of resources, you know, from nature to to feed ourselves and, and, and secure ourselves and create and recreate a reality. But in the traffic of all that activity, um, mm-hmm. that mystery, that inner depth, you know, of the self gets lost. And particularly mm-hmm. in this culture, there, there's mm-hmm. nowhere where that is taught. Mm-hmm. Or focused upon Even in the church We, we mm-hmm. hear talk about the soul We hear talk about sin We, we, yes. we hear talk about blessing But no one gets into the Sort of the semantics Of dealing with The inner depths mm-hmm. the, the mysteries that lie beneath and, and allowing that To come to the surface So that it can be dealt with So that it can be confronted First on an individual level, but then on a communal level. We, in my opinion, we won't see a shift in racism, white supremacy, prejudice, bigotry, greed, you know, all, all these things until we can find a way to address that. And, Correct. And again, first on the individual level and then collectively. Community. Yeah, yes. It becomes your family. It becomes your peer group, surrounding ourselves with, with peers who are mm-hmm. willing to do the work, who are mm-hmm. willing to do the healing, who are willing, willing to do the self-empowerment. And, and one more thing before I, I, I pass the, the mic back to you. Um, even since a child, I've always had this sense of empowerment, mm-hmm. self-empowerment being greater than magic, mm-hmm. being greater than anything that we might see out here in, in, in the physical realm. For indeed, this is just an illusion of all this physical, material, you know, status-related, class-related stuff. But it is indeed that that soul, you know, that inner core that is eternal. And yes. so, so that's where I spend most of my time before I start begging the Loa for help. Yes. Before I start pleading to the Orisha to fix you know, something that I screwed up, you know, yes. for, 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 for not following direction and, and having a hard head and doing mm-hmm. what I want to do. And, and now yes. I'm begging and pleading Ogun to, mm-hmm. to hear my case, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I often refer to the Orisha romance. It's a little shady thing that I say sometimes about yes. our, our desire as Africans born here in America to want mm-hmm. to sort of reconnect to these mm-hmm. indigenous practices, cultures, and traditions. But we're, but we're doing it through Bing. We're doing it through Google. We're doing it through, mm-hmm. through Hollywood and entertainment. Uh, you know, uh, American Horror Story and, and Soul City and, and Skeleton Key. And, and, and we're really not tapping in to the tradition, the authentic tradition, the elders, the culture. People who are living and breathing, you know, among us right now, uh, like Oba Obasala, who can better 
in a, in a much more authentic way connect us to the traditions. So people want magic. They want a quick fix. They, they want a pill. Somehow what you are suggesting sounds like a lot of work to some people. How do we make that more palatable? How do we present that in a way that people understand that this is indeed not just for your best interest, but the source of your power? Mm-hmm. Well, part of it is to look at it like not as a theological perspective, but to look at it as a lifestyle perspective. When we wake up in the morning, our first thing is to manifest the God within us. And we manifest that by working and sharing and praying to our Ori, right? And so when we pray to our Ori, we're asking our Ori and we're thanking our Ori for another day of life. We're thanking Ori that Ori has blessed us with another opportunity to be a blessing to others as well as to be blessed by Odomare. And if others bless us too, we already are alive. We're already walking. We already have opportunities to manifest that which we want. When we are in alignment with our Ori, we then can manifest what we want, but it's just living our life in accordance to living our life in accordance to the God and the divinity that's within us. If we understand that we are a live representation of the divine, of Illuminati, and we strive to take each step to be in alignment with that, then, you know, we then can, can really begin to make the changes in our life if we are honest with ourselves. You know, we go through these changes, right? We go through these ups and downs in our life. We, start, we wind up making some, some mistakes, some, ser- some serious mistakes, some less than serious mistakes. And when we make these mistakes, sometimes it's extremely difficult. The most difficult thing I find is looking at yourself and being honest with yourself as to the, the challenges that are within you, whether it is that you find yourself struggling in relationships or you find yourself struggling to make wise choices, you find yourself struggling in the way that you're thinking, you find yourself struggling in those who you let around you. Well, those things we have to look at very honestly. And when we cannot look at them honestly, when we cannot look in our inner mirror honestly, then we can't expect the changes to manifest in our life. So really, on a practical, because I speak practical when it comes to this tradition, when I speak practicality, it is what changes am I willing to make that will make my life to be in alignment with the direction and my higher self? Because all I read is my higher self. So what changes, practical changes, do I have to allow when people are leaving that they're leaving because of a particular reason, and I have to just be patient. If they're meant to be there, they'll come back. If they're not meant to be there, they'll kind of keep moving, and we pray that they'll still have good life. So, beloved, what about that segment of our community that believes that uh, that it's bad luck, that it's the heck, that it's the curse? I can't get ahead because Somebody's cursing me. Somebody's blocking me. I, I can't survive because my family is, is constantly working some kind of magic and or witchcraft. Um, and, and I'm just sort of, um, I don't like the phrase devil's advocate, but, but I'm just sort of trying to speak to 
a, a larger audience in terms of uh, how people hear this mm-hmm. information and 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 internalize it. Um, please forgive me. It's a lot of background noise going on, and I can't seem to uh, to shut any of it down at the moment. So I do apologize. I'm doing my best though. Um, we live in sort of a time where people, again, are not only expecting the quick fix, but are very quick to equate mm-hmm. happiness, success, contentment, survival, mm-hmm. based on things outside themselves, based yes. on what you do or don't do, based on what I have or don't have, mm-hmm. based on where I am or, 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 or not at any given point, yes. people, places, and things. So, so how do we, again, make this easier to understand and, and, and get across to a generation that has sort of a quick fix, you know, approach to, to, to their own healing, to their own spirituality uh, uh, and, and religion? How do we make that more um, communicable? That's an interesting question because at the end of the day, when we try to deal with quick fixes, it could be hot for a second, just like when we put it in a microwave, but in a few minutes, it's back to being cold. So then we can put a mask on everything that we're trying to, like, in essence, if we try to do it too fast, it looks good for the second, but it's not fully healed, right? And it's like Chinese medicine. How, what, what's the difference in Chinese medicine or Eastern medicine and the medicine of the Western? When we deal with Western medicine, it is when we take and they give this, mad, this medicine, it seems like magic because it deals away with the symptoms, but it doesn't deal away with the health as a whole. So when we deal with Chinese medicine, we could say that this and this hurts, but we then, the doctor or the, the acupuncturist, he's hitting other areas, and you're like jumping up in the air, and then you find out it's all about blockages. Some blockages we made that we have to address, or they're still going to remain as blockages. We'll open a little bit of it, but it's not going to be fully open for things to move through. Right. So when it comes down to the, at the end of the day, we can go ahead and we can try things that will get us through quickly, but it's not going to last. Or we can take the time to do what we need to do and then open up the blockages, whether you think people are throwing stuff at you whether people you feel are attacking you, whether people are not treating you well, whether, you know, you're taking this loss, this hit. First, we got to look at our own choices and decisions. And if we don't do that, then we be able to open up the blockages that are in front of us. Can I say that in our tradition, people don't do kind of, you know, these things? I can't say that. We both know that. But at the end of the day, you know, if you have to, you really feel that way, go get divination done. And divination, if I will tell you, or in your, in your tradition, spirit will tell you if that is the case. And then you do your elbow, you do your, you do your, mm-hmm. and then clear it up. Yeah, I, I just think that that message gets lost today in, in the pop cultural uh, context of things. Um, and, and again, we have generations now who have grown up with 
television, who have grown up with radio, who have grown up with, with many uh, really strong influences of mind, body, and spirit that, that continues to evolve with each new generation. The technology evolves. And, and so when that's happening, um, we're being wired, we're being programmed, some would say, um, into a, a particular way of thinking, a particular way of, of, of identifying um, ourselves and, and identifying with the world. Um, some of us have lost connection to where our food comes from. You know, we have some young people that, that don't know what a farm looks like, that don't know what you know, your hamburger, uh, you know, looks like before you, before you got it, you know, at the fast food, before it came to you, you know, sort of pre- prepared. So I, I sort of see that as a symbolic um, connection to this spiritual gap that clearly exists in the world. And it's not unique to us. It's not unique to, to the U.S. I see it all over the world. Um, distance of, of disconnect, even though you're surrounded by people. This this sense of loneliness, even though you got a house full of folks. This, this sense of not being supported, and it does indeed start first with self, and and how we show support, how we show healing, how we show love first with self. Uh, I do a lot of work with. Uh, Quartz crystal in my house. Um, that's really how I got into sort of this cultural thing. Um, I grew up in in the DMV in the Maryland DC Virginia area, so I had a great deal of a free connection to Smithsonian Institution. So I saw a lot of things. Uh, I saw a lot of the world without ever getting a passport or getting on a plane. You know, by by exploring the depths of these institutions. Uh, and one of the things that I was most attracted to at a very young age were gemstones, crystals, the quartz, the rubies, the, the diamonds, and not just for their sort of materialistic, monetary, financial uh, perspective. Indeed, not from that perspective at all. But I, I just couldn't understand why ancient Egyptians, for instance, would be burying people with just what we would consider millions of dollars in gems, in quartzite, in, in, in marble, in other fine materials. And it led me to an understanding that it had to be a reason behind that. It had to be a deeper reason behind that that wasn't materialistic, that wasn't sort of Western in how we, how we view value and, and possessions. And it led me to spiritual practices throughout the continent uh, of Mother Africa, not just among the Yoruba, but, but throughout the continent and ultimately throughout the indigenous people, you know, of the world. And one thing that I kept, you know, running into was quartz crystal. Quartz crystal. Uh, it's called different things, you know, the dream stone, you know, it's called different things depending on, you know, where you find it contextually in the world. But it's a it's a key component to not just ORI work, but exploring that inner depth and that shadow work um, that I do in my house to address those things that, you know, we would otherwise not address. 
sometimes we convince ourselves, oh, that was when I was young. Oh, that was in the past. I've moved on. You know, the, the pain has stopped. You know, the, the hammer is no longer hitting my toe. You know, so now um, we move on to the next thing. And as you mentioned just a while ago, uh, if you don't clear that stuff out, uh, like Erica Badu says, you become the bag lady. <laughs> you know, you become the bag man. And, and you carry these energies now into other areas of your life. And they can get into your body and show up in your health. They, they can pass down to your children, you know, and, and, and show up in, in behaviors that you aren't familiar with. You say, oh, well, I'm not familiar with that behavior. I don't know where the child got that behavior from. You know, and these things then become gen. These things then become generational curses. Uh, energy is eternal. That's something I learned through math. That's something I learned through quantum metaphysics. All the energy that's ever going to exist in the world is here right now. So when I think of what we view as negative energy, positive energy, that negative energy has to be moved around. It has to be cleansed off. It has to be relocated, just like we relocate other waste matter from quote unquote civilization from our, our personal clean space. Otherwise it, it becomes those demons and gen that continue to mirror our past but threaten our future if we don't find a way to address it. And we and we're not going to get it always through uh psychology, psychiatry, um the the systems approach to mental health to spiritual and inner wellness. But there's a, a, a degree of, of nature um, that we connect to through these indigenous practices of Ivory, of Lave Tet, of, of spiritual baths, of cleansing baths, you know, and, and the removing, not just physically, of something that we think might be present, but having the consciousness to remove that which is unseen, which is not always visible, you know, right on the outside. Um, so I'm, I'm so enjoying your being here and the topic. I do invite others to uh, participate with us. You can call me on my phone lines at 845-277-9143. Eight four five two seven seven nine one four three, or you can turn your webcam on and join us here on StreamYard with your questions, comments, and requests. Um, Olo Ye, I hope you're prepared to talk, beloved. Okay, <laughs> I'll do the best that I can. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know much, but I'll try my best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. I appreciate it, and uh, I'm sure the audience does as well. Um, sometimes this audience sort of gets settled into the listening, mm-hmm. and, I, and and sometimes I have to push them on the participation. Um, Craig Burns, what I like about your statement is observation. Mm-hmm. Observation suggests some degree of patience. Some degree of being willing to sit back and allow things to unfold. And that's another component 
to the sort of magical instant reality that, that some of us are existing in right now, particularly at the pop cultural um, level, that things should happen immediately. You know, I, I burned a candle for 24 hours and magic didn't happen. You know, what's the problem? You know, th- th- that kind of, of, of mentality um, is, is what we're dealing with. And it's not always the young people. This is not an age-based issue. We, we got some old fools out there, too, who are, mm-hmm. are still seeking quick fix, quick magic, um, you know, using their pinky to plug up a, a otherwise big hole in what is imbalanced in our culture, in our community, in our bloodline, in our lineage. I'm a strong believer in PTSD. I don't know about you, post-traumatic slave disorder. I think that also exists in terms of how we, as Americans, and because it affects all Americans, but particularly African Americans, how we view time, how we view effort, how we view value. And so in doing that shadow work and using quartz crystal to sort of pull that light and put it into the spaces that need to be filled to pull that shadow to the surface so that we can address it, so that we can heal it, so that we can repair it, so that it doesn't trickle down to the next generation, so that it doesn't pass down, you know, to our children like like high blood pressure or, or diabetes. And it's something we are going to have to do for ourselves. We're not going to get it. Uh, through the industrial complex. We're not going to get it through uh, the religious institutions, particularly as they are uh, set up now. Um, My goal, my dream is all these abandoned churches. I don't know about your neighborhood, but we've got so many abandoned churches, so many buildings that are just sitting uh, unoccupied. And I would love to see them as community centers and ancestral centers. Mm -hmm. Well, indeed, we all have ancestors, so it's a place that we all can come and gather and reconnect with rhythm, drumming, chanting, singing, harmonics, healing, you know, from a more indigenous perspective, from a more ATR perspective. Um, there's nothing more powerful to me than the, the ceremonies associated right. uh, with our tradition. Um, again, in the in the magical world, uh, there's this degree of isolation that we see happening, and people are are claiming the traditions, claiming the practices, and are primarily doing it in isolation. Um, Absolutely, and even in the churches, but don't realize. Yes. Because yes. when you look at the holiness movement, right? You look at the Pentecostal and the Baptistical and the Church of God in Christ. When you look at all of them, and yes. they start getting in. To the spirit, when you catch in the spirit, and you you get, uh, you know, you when you catch the spirit, and you start speaking in tongues, and you 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 find it, you don't know exactly what you're saying or what language is manifesting, but then when you catch spirit and the, and you start dancing in the spirit, all these things are traditionally what is done from our ancestors and forefathers. It's like catching possession. But they're not seeing it from the perspective of their own culture because things were so Europeanized. And mm-hmm. when it became Europeanized, 
people continue to look at it in a more Eurocentric perspective rather than to bring it back into an African perspective and see how our forefathers and ancestors implemented our own method of spirituality, even in a source and a way of seeing God that was not our particular own. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, that, and that sort of addresses um, Leanne Richard's comment about dolls and once believing that they were meant to be harmed. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and it has a West African indigenous root in, in, in the Bochi, uh, in the uh, other, uh, some forms of Eshu, and the metal is applied, you know, as a sort of a prayer, mm-hmm. as sort of a, a, a mark where that spirit, that power has been successful, you know, in, in bringing healing or, or, or re gaining crops or, or right. regaining some sort of value um, to, to, to the individual or, or to the whole. But the Western culture, uh, as, as you said, I, I sometimes like to say the, the white supremacist culture um, had to taint anything that gave us power. Anything that we thought gave us power, anything that we can remember that gave us power had to be stamped out during the process of of enslavement and and the middle passage. So everything was demonized that gave us any connection to power. Even drumming at one point um, was illegal in in, in the deep South. Gathering was illegal in the deep South. Singing or or, or performing anything ritualistic was illegal and could get you lynched. It could get you sold. It could get you killed and could get your family sold off from you, you know, during this time. So much of what gave us any sense of power, any sense of reminder of a connection to who we are was demonized. And and, and so the doll that Leon um, Richard mentions also falls into that category. Um, Entertainment, Hollywood, movies, books, paintings, I believe there's a certain creative allowance that we give to entertainment, that we give to artists, that we give to creators. But we have to be clear about what's reality. We have to be clear about what's true, you know. And so um, often these movies, these sensationalized books um, create false realities that now with the help of the internet become real, become real living, breathing entities um, based on just belief. And and for those of you who no longer associate with the church, you might be, you know, somewhere in between right now. Um, You you might be trying to, you know, reprogram, you know, that that, that connection to to your past. Um, Be careful about language, word usage, what something mm-hmm. is called. I understand there's witchcraft in the Bible. That's right. I understand there are people who practice quote-unquote magic in the Bible. There are people who were considered sorcerers in the Bible. But there's also thousands of references to crystal, mineral, stone, herbs, plants, 
roots, many things that today have been demonized as witchcraft, have been demonized as Satanism, has been demonized as, as something dark, you know, or, or something wicked. It's really a, a, a God spell, beloved. It's really a, it, it's got to be a spell, <laughs> you know. Even when I think about slavery itself, just the concept of how do a people, the newest human race on the planet, now decide they're going to travel out and colonize the entire globe or, or everything they come in contact with and capture your continent. How does that happen without some kind of witchcraft, without some kind of spell? So um, I, I know, I, I feel like I'm, I'm rambling. I'm all over the place. I got all kind of questions and ideas coming to mind um, just based on our conversation and, and what we're saying here. And I certainly do appreciate you being here. Um, beloved, I'm also trying to keep track of the chat. Well, you're, you're, you're <laughs> let, me, let me go back to one thing. When we talked about uh, Yemoya, we talked about Oshun, we talked about everything. If we look at this, it is becoming like a a circle. It becomes like, you know, when you have an arrow going down and then you have an arrow coming back. When we think about our ancestors, when we left, or when we were taken from Africa, on the way, we had many of that 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 threw ourselves over. We had many who made transition on the boat that were thrown over. And we had many who uh, were thrown over because they felt that they were weak and they weren't going to do it. They refused. Right. But the same way, the same Orisha that that we, we looked to come up with were the ones that we had to pass going down. So when we pass them going down, a large part of time in our life, we go through difficult struggles. I'm going to say it in a practical One, because we don't nurture ourselves and we don't take care of ourselves. We don't look at ourselves as, you know, maybe because of certain things that we've gone through in our life, we don't look at ourselves in a way that we are willing to nurture ourselves, right? Then when we're going down, we hit that middle part and that mirror but we're not looking at the mirror. We're not looking at that. We're not looking at the things that we're challenged with, that we're struggling with. We're not looking at the beauty part of it because we're still seeing the ugly or the brokenness and all of those things. And then it makes you go down to, to Olafun. Now, Olafun, it is said, preserves all of our ancestral knowledge, wisdom, and all of that as, as in, in, in just like there are boats now that are being found in full peace, in full peace that, that has gone down. And so Olapun preserves a lot, but Olapun is the beginning of that healing when you go down. So now we start moving our way back up in our, in our thinking, in our healing, in our lives. We hit rock bottom and we went down to Olapun. And we needed Olafun to open up things within us. Maybe there was DNA things that we had to get done. Maybe there were things in our in our health. Maybe there was things in one aspect. But now here we start coming back up. And now when we look at the mirror, when we look at the inner mirror, we're not just seeing the ugly. The ugly now 
to start making us beautiful. And now that we've started to see the things that are making our life beautiful and our family and our relationships and our businesses, our jobs, whatever it is, we see the beauty part of life, which then takes us up back up to, to uh, uh, Yemoya, and we begin to nurture ourselves deeply better. We begin to take care of ourselves better. We begin to take and, and eat better because everything is holistic, right? Mm-hmm. And not just holistic with an H, but W-H. Right. 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 Like everything now comes in accordance when we eat right. We start feeling differently. We start taking care of ourselves differently. We look at ourselves differently. And when we go down, we see even the challenges that are still within us differently. So then we have the mental part. Our thinking begins to change when we're now coming back up on a holistic standpoint. Mm-hmm. Now we're looking at things on an emotional standpoint. And emotionally, we're able to handle things so much better. And now we look at spiritually. And now we go through these revelations in our spiritual, our spiritual life. Many of us have dreams, and many of us, we can manifest what we see. It manifests uh, uh, to us in the future. So I wanted to share that everything becomes that circular, that circular thing. The same energy you see differently when you, what you see when you go down. But sometimes it takes some of us to hit rock bottom mm-hmm. before we start coming up to see all the other aspects and grow and expand and evolve and heal. Now, now beloved, please bear with us because um, there's a lot going on right now in the chat. So I want to address some of the questions. Um, I, I think perhaps fairies do and still exist. Now, when we say fairies, that, that's sort of a Western Eurocentric word and notion. But when I look into indigenous world cultures and traditions, for example, among the indigenous Americans, you hear stories about the ant people, about the lizard people, you, about the snake people. And so I, I think that among these 11 intra-dimensional spaces, that we live in, that we exist in, it's quite possible that fairies could still exist in one of those dimensional spaces. And for whatever reason, someone may cross that, intersect with that, with that path, with that vibration, and, and might have that, that experience, might witness that. Uh, but we do hear of uh, Arabs say jinn, but we do hear of other spirits in nature, in other indigenous world cultures, among the insects, among the animals, among the plants. Uh, it's a universal uh, concept. So I'm open to the, uh, to the possibility that fairies do exist on some uh, intra-dimensional time space that we intersect with. Um, there was also a question about do you believe diet affects your ability to connect with your ancestors? Um, and you sort of gave your some bit of your response uh, just a moment ago, and I'm allowing you to to uh, address it again if you want to. Uh, I would say I suggest that it absolutely does, uh, and and I want to be clear about it. I don't mean um, my my grandma and them ate. 
fat back and and pork skins and you know I, I should then eat that too. I, I'm not necessarily suggesting that. I am suggesting that the healthier that we are, the less pollution that we take into our vessel uh, allows our higher sensibilities to resonate and vibrate at a much greater rate that allows for a more consistent connection with spirit and therefore with ancestors. Um, What we eat, cigarettes, tobacco, drugs, alcohol, uh, fake food, artificial food, synthesized food, uh, too much salt, too much sugar, all these things clog up your senses higher higher than your your uh your sixth chakra from your sixth chakra up they, they they clog up our ability to hear clearly to see clearly how often do we catch ourselves saying oh man i know i shouldn't have trusted this person oh man i know i shouldn't have done a b or c and so it it, it speaks to an inner knowing we have that's natural to every you, human being but but like playing the piano, like learning, you know, athletics, you know, you have to rehearse it. You have to exercise it. You have to give it a workout. And food absolutely matters. Uh, I catch myself sometimes doing my broadcast saying that I don't want to preach vegan. I don't want to preach vegetarian. I don't want to really turn the show into that. But I think it's very hard to separate that from voodoo. Um, Oloye, I would I would say it's hard to separate that from Ifa. Um, and, and again, I don't mean just you know keeping a diet, watching what you eat, you know that that sort of thing, but being better connected to nature, my ability to grow plants, harvest plants, be aware of what they are, be aware of their 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 municipal value, indeed feeds not just my body, my soul, my mind, but my spirit and my ability to connect to, to, to the ancestors. I can eat, you know, I can snip basil, I can snip rosemary, whatever the plant is, right off the tree and feel that as it, you know, passes through my body. But if you're clogged up, blocked up, and let me be a little graphic if I can. If you're clogged up, blocked up with, with the dead carcasses of animals, the pus, the mucus of cows and chickens, artificial this, synthesized that, commercialized the other, then you absolutely can't vibrate like quartz crystal. You absolutely can't be clear like like quartz crystal. You absolutely can't process and, 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 and allow the divine energy to really move within you um, at its best aptitude. So when I do think about ancestors and what they had to eat, what they had no choice to eat, and the lifestyle that they were living at the time, you know, working sundown, working like shadows, you know, their body had to, and was able to process certain food items that, you know, the white folks otherwise would have thrown away. Our bodies had to process that for survival, to live. But today we know better to do better, you know, and we're in a very different place now. Even in terms of how uh, our practices are, are structured, 
you know, we had to go underground during, during the time of enslavement. There were no organized elays. There were no voodoo houses. There were no botanicas, you know, and, and, and people found their ways through nature, through, through what was available in the garden, through what was available in the, in the woods, through what was available down at the river. And, and, and with their knowledge that was passed on from generation to generation. So uh, Nathan Burns, that aspect, um, absolutely. You know, Big Mama taught me some cold remedies, <laughs> you know, that I'll trust long before I'll, I'll, I'll try anything commercial. So absolutely what you eat, your diet affects your connection to the ancestors. I, I believe work also plays a role, and, and, and I don't mean work equal job. I mean work in physical activities. Um, I garden. I weed. Uh, I work out a little bit. I actually got a physical trainer uh, in the last few weeks. Um, the activity that our ancestors' bodies went through, the condition that their bodies you know, were in, also uh, leans to an interconnectedness that we can tap into with them, you know, through that activity. I like to uh, walk long distance. I like to bike, you know, um, and, and I use that as a time to sort of free my my uh, left brain from some of those, you know, practical activities and allow my right brain to really open up in prayer and communication with spirit and, and indeed in communication with uh, the ancestors. It's a lot going on here in the chat, uh, beloved. Give me a second to catch up. You can speak, if you will, please, while I try and uh, regather the chat. So when I speak about diet, I don't speak it from, about it just from the aspect of the, of the food. We speak about diet from what it is that we take in emotionally. What is it that we take in mentally? What is it that we take in spiritually? What is it that we take in sometimes that doesn't belong to us? We hold on to things that don't belong to us. So part of our ancestors, uh, the, the blessings and the strength of the ancestors was that they were not taking, they were very, very spiritual. They, even though they might not have been able to practice the traditions that were done, back home, the traditions of their own uh, forefathers, they still brought that stuff into what they were doing. They did not hold on to that which wasn't theirs. They didn't hold on to, uh, they, they knew that, that how they thought and, and that, that that made a difference in their connection. So when we look at diet, it is my, my prayer that we don't just look at diet from that which we are eating, but we're looking at diet from every aspect holistically of what we take in. What we take in, what we hold to, then it manifests out. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't want to sound like I'm preaching uh, vegan, vegetarian, but indeed they talk about how our food and our animals are, are treated in the process before they, they get to our table. That's right. So, so again, I also suggest that those of us who are operating in ATR, or, or maybe you're just conscious, or maybe you're just woke, 
or maybe you're just aware that we do better, do more to be self-sufficient in terms of feeding ourselves, even in the midst of this system. We all got a little taste uh, in the last year of what no Walmart might look like, what no milk, no dairy products, you know, are being delivered, no toilet paper, you know, might, might look like. And so many of us live in the South or live in places in the country that, that have space, that have land. Uh, garden, grow something. Teach your children how to grow something. Educate them about where their food is coming from and how food uh, grows and develops and, and the environment in which it grows and develops uh, versus the, the sort of fake stuff that we, you know, that we are taking in. Um, I also, beloved... Um, and I don't expect this to agree on everything. I, I think it also makes for a better show if we don't agree on everything. <laughs> you know, so please feel free to speak your mind, speak your opinion. Uh, I'll never be offended. I'll never feel some kind of way if, if you know, you and I don't say, you know, the same thing. But um, I do understand your point, you know, about diet. Even the environment in which we are eating and are drinking. Uh, for, right. for example, I often talk to my water. I often talk to my water just like crystal, and I breathe into my water. I, I sort of go into a meditative state seconds before I, I drink my water. I, I, I shut down the noise. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I shut down all the outside stuff, and I only focus on health, wellness, Spirit cleansing. I believe water is like a liquid crystal, and so you can charge it with that vibration. Uh, but the same thing for food. You know, I don't stand up and eat. These are things that Big Mom and Big Papa used to do back in the day. Everybody sat down together. There wasn't no outside noise. When we did have radios and TVs, you had to turn that off as a family had to sit together in harmony you know, and, 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 and take the food in peace, first prayerfully, because, you know, there's always that ritual prayer, but then in peace, in joy, in, in, in the spirit of, of building and feeding uh, the family. So even the state of mind that we're in, what we're thinking about while we're eating and ingesting has everything to do with how it shows up. Uh, in our bodies, and then ultimately shows up uh, in our life. Um, o- over the years, over the decades, um, I spent many years. My regular audience is, is probably already aware of this. Um, I was on the street at 14 uh, due to the calamity that was my, my childhood home life. So I had to learn a lot of things the hard way, you know, from the streets, from the bricks, you know, as they say. And I'm grateful that I did have that seed planted, you know, in in the late 60s, going into early 70s, about voodoo, about Ifa, about alternatives to spirit practice and and spirit consciousness to to just religion and and Christianity and and even Islam and Judaism in the ways that that we know it. Um, I also had a, a green thumb at a very young age, and so I was just drawn to plants, and particularly 
edible plants, edible plants. Um, so that idea of doing ibori, doing mm-hmm. labe tet, doing sort of these outside physical material, uh, visible, you know, washes and activities has to be matched with what we're doing and what we're taking in on the inside. Yes. What are you Absolutely. eating? What are you drinking? What are you listening to? Right. What do you allow to sort of seep into your, your subconscious, you know, when you're not paying attention? So so that, that word diet for me is really broad. You, you know, it has to do with everything that we take in, allow in, into our body, into our spirit, sure. into our energy force that affects that core. And, and that core feeds Ori. Um, we could talk about Kundalini. We, we could talk about the power of, of, of the spinal cord and the chakras and how, you know, those centers have to be vibrating. And, and in order, before you get to, to Ori, so there's, there are layers behind spiritual nuances and metaphors and poetic language, um, and, but, but real hard work behind much of, you know, the popularization um, of our traditions. I also um, sometimes reference uh, COINTEL. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you, you know all about COINTEL and their uh, continued uh, desire to sort of interrupt anything that brings us power, anything that brings us power. And so now it's by where the Internet, our religious beliefs, what we think, how we think about it, it's been greatly influenced by what's online, what's easily accessible, who has the best advertising, who has the most marketing dollars. And, and so if you're not clear in your own Ori, if you're not balanced in your own head, if you're not centered in your own self about who you are, it's very easy to get lost in today's noise. In today's society, lost among those interdimensional spaces that we all coexist in. Um, yeah, it was asked on the last show. I believe you were here also about how we use this energy to address racism, white supremacy, the activities you know with the police, you know the, the continued ethnic challenges that we face. Um, as a nation, I'm smart enough to know that it's going to take more than just black people to do it. You know, it's really going to take white people and, and people of other ethnicities uh, to join in to sort of this fight that we've been fighting, you know, all along to really sort of bring an end to that. But as individuals operating from day to day, having families to, to take care of, mouths to feed, bills to pay, um, just living and breathing and existing in, in, in this culture, what advice do you have um, for the for the mother, for the father, about protecting their head, protecting their core, protecting their inner light while they go about their, their daily activities? That's a very good question because with that question, there's so many layers to our own personal protection in a society where there's just so much happening. And so part of it 
to it is the teaching and being involved in community. If we can be involved in some more aspects of community and be able to to interact. You know, today I'm watching, uh, I've noticed like the Asian community are starting to get kind of attacked, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if the Asian community realized they were people of color, and then the African-American, they are people of color, the Spanish people of color. When I look at what happened after George Floyd, because I've been watching a little bit of the trial, it is our youth, just like our youth in, in a lot of the other uh, movements. Look at King. King was in his 20s when we had the civil rights movement. Malcolm was in his 20s when he was in the nation. So we have to look at our youth sometimes to assist. And then for us in the ATR, of course, we're doing Ebola. We're doing Ebola. We know that when we go to prayer, we're asking that our family be safe. Our family be, we go to a womb. We're asking a womb to, to be protected. You who never lost in battle, the one who removes our enemies, the one who removes our obstacles, the one who removes anything and anyone that's meant to do harm to us, we ask a womb. To remove them out of our path. We ask Shango mm-hmm. again to remove them out of our path and use the double edged axe to remove anything and anybody. Put our enemies underneath the ground. You know, we, we ask Shango to do that. We ask Oya to make transformation into all the things in our lives and around us and around our families who are not in alignment with our better, our higher self. You know, we're looking at all of these tools in the ATR that we can use as well to help to manifest that change within our family, mm-hmm. protect our family, our community as a whole. And just imagine, just imagine in our community if we had more people in, in alignment with the ATR, but even if not, even if not, even if we had Christian people over there, Muslim people over there, ATR over there, Hindu yeah. over there, doesn't make a difference. If we all were doing the same work in prayer, and then the ATR goes, Islam, do whatever you do. Christianity, do. But then if we're all working for a common purpose, I believe in our communities, it will assist. Not It will assist in the beginning of change, the beginning of change. But we got to be able to stand and endure and fight for that which we know. There's not there's a lot of people that are not willing to fight for their community. Yeah. And I look at their communities are getting taken over by those with ill intent. And so therefore, if you're not willing to fight for your community, that means you're willing to die and not to the place of building for a better place, but die in the the the, the going down of, of the, the the community. Mm-hmm. Which one are you gonna stand for? Are you going to stand for, like, the following people to live? That's what our ancestors did. They knew that times were not going to change in their lifetime, but they were doing the work so that the next generation would have a better life. So the question comes, what are we doing so that our next generation has a better life? Yeah, we uh, again, we, we're losing that in the Western culture. Mm-hmm. We're losing that natural inclination to be concerned about the future. Even when we look at nature, when we look at plants, animals, insects, they 
they're concerned about the future. They're concerned about pop, pop, uh, populating, regenerating, you know, and, and producing the next generation and the future uh, representatives of, of, of themselves, really. Mm-hmm. And so in this industrialized world that we live in, uh, we've gotten comfortable. We've gotten lazy. You know, mm-hmm. we are disconnected from our food. We are disconnected from from accessing our water, have to get up and go to the to the river, you know, and, and, and bring water, uh, have to access wood, you know, for heat. So in, in our technologically advanced society, we would hope for, you know, that opening up space, time, leisure, for people to then focus on deeper activities, spirituality, religion, art, you know, science, you know, the things, you know, that take time. But we also live in a season where, where people don't respect time. They want it fast. They want it right away. They want it quick and in a hurry, you know, and um, we can't apply spiritual um, practices and spiritual wisdom in that way. And, and sometimes it's a challenge for me to, to, to feel the sense of having to educate and re-educate every person who sort of reaches out to me about their problem, issue, request. But, but I have to remove all of that fantasy first. I have to remove all of that bad information first. You know, I, I have to keep reminding people this is not witchcraft. This is not magic. You know, this, this isn't a spell where, where a wand is waved. And everything is instantly okay. You know, as you said, uh, I believe yesterday was, it's a lifestyle. It's not a religion, but a lifestyle, you know, that affects how we view the world, how we perceive first ourselves, and then how you perceive the world. I believe the black woman is God. That's that's just me personally. I believe the black, black woman is God, and therefore we too are God. Be, being born, you know, from her, being being birthed from her, from her womb. So we indeed have that power to create and recreate a reality that mirrors our best interests. I say it, it comes from your tongue, but indeed, before you speak it, you got to believe it. You got to feel it. it it's it's got to be in here. Um, I seek more than probably you would ever know. Um, new ideas, new ways of presenting this type of information and, and the abundance of information that you, you're bringing to the, to the platform in a way that reaches a, a wide audience. And indeed, we have a, a, a many of my godchildren are in the room, so I know their ages. Um, some of my clients, you know, are in the room. And, and we have an international audience. So we have a, a wide range of people in, in age and demographic and, and geographical location who listen and support and, and benefit uh, the show. So I want to be sure that you always remember to present your contact information, make sure people know how to reach you, um, uh, uh, seek guidance from you. Um, but I also want to use this time to sort of, again, reconnect uh, truth and <laughs> to reality as it relates to what these traditions are. 
and and what our expectations should be from the tradition. Um, for many of us, we're still dealing with language. I uh, had a young lady uh, come by yesterday for some reading and, and some services who lives in the community. So I know that she knows other practitioners in the community. Uh, I, I've seen her on Instagram with other Babalaos in the community. And so I'm always surprised when, under those conditions, familiar people come back to me. It, it, it makes me think about what is it that's coming forward in my readings and my divinations that keeps people sort of returning. And for me, it's just, I don't know any better than to be honest. I really don't. And, and, and as an adult living with Asperger's, I'm not wired really for, uh, now listen, I can act, I can perform, I've done theater, that's different than lying. That's different than presenting a false picture, a false truth about about a, a cultural nuance, an ethnic cultural nuance that belongs to us. So I'll make a clear distinction between Halloween and voodoo, between American Horror Story and, and voodoo, between doing movies, TV, and, and what real um, authentic practice is. And so when I get up in the morning and I greet my head and, and I acknowledge the sun and I acknowledge the powers that, that stand up uh, uh, in the day, I think people are, are calling them the warriors today. How do you um, offer that? How do you respond to requests from people who are otherwise not initiated, um, not necessarily committed to any particular lineal form of these traditions, but want to know how do I better access Ogu? Oh, okay. How? So that's a good, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when people come in, they might not be in the tradition. They might be doing other spiritual practices. I've had people from a variety of spiritual practices come in to do uh, readings and to have to have work done. And so for us in, in the tradition, those of us that are leading that way, the best way that we can do it is to be doing it in alignment with what Ifa has guided us to do. Now, if a person wants to go home, I'm honest with them and tell them, all right, you feel Ogun, you feel the spirit of Oshun, you feel IJ, you feel whatever, no problem. Then represent it in however you desire. You want to wear a yellow dress and, and go to the ocean and put some honey in the ocean? Pray honestly and sincerely to whatever energy that you feel. And then you pray honestly, sincerely, and you pray that the manifestation of that will come and be a part of your life. Mm-hmm. So it's not, okay, you don't want to do it. Just understand that you can put these things up because you feel that. It's just not, you know, ritually done. It's not ritually within, but it's no problem with that. Mm-hmm. Go and do it and then give honor to that energy that you feel and pray that it continues to uplift you, help to bring good things into your life, help to heal you. No problem. Mm-hmm. No problem. Uh, do you believe in the power of intent, for example? Uh, I've heard in the 
12-step program, um, Alcoholics uh, Anonymous, Narcotics Non-Anonymous, uh, they talk about believing in a higher power and to sort of, I guess, be politically correct and remove the religion from that. They allow people to choose a higher power of their choosing. So one girl's higher power might be, you know, a picture, a painting on the wall. The next person's higher power might be, you know, the big tree outside. So when I think about the power of intent, uh, the law of attraction, uh, what I just said, creating or recreating your reality uh, with your mouth, it is indeed possible to will a reality into existence without any real religious understanding without any real spiritual um, training. Uh, but but how probable is that for us? Well, if we look at it from the sense, even in, in, in you heard the saying, that we are a, a, a spirit living a human existence, right? So if we already are a spirit, and then we're dealing and, and moving in a human existence, then we already have the power to manifest what we desire in our words, in our in our intentionality of our thinking, mm-hmm. whether you call it prayer or meditation, whatever you decide to do. You have the power within you to manifest that which you desire through through that faith. So just because maybe you don't follow my path or response, maybe because maybe they don't follow your path, I still uh, ordination in like a universal universal spirituality. Mm-hmm. So in that perspective, I also be, be I also talk to people from that universality of okay, this energy, the energy that that's coming, or the energy that we're feeling, how to best work with that energy? How do we release these obstacles from your life? How do we bring more sweetness into your life? How do we bring more money into your life? How do we bring the wife that you want or the husband that you want? It's all about the intentionality of your thinking. Some call it prayer. Some call it meditation. But it's all about what's in you, that, that strength in your, in your desire, and what it is that you truly, truly, truly believe that you can help to manifest, that you can make manifest. You know, beloved, I'm often asked, how do you control something Outside of yourself, uh, how do I control my husband's behavior? How do I control my wife's behavior? How do I control what what the what the coming or potential boss or supervisor or manager might might say or do? And so I, I was taught at a very young age, you can't control what other people do. All you can control is what you do. And one of the toughest lessons for me sometimes to teach. Um, a new client is that by changing your situation will not change if you don't change your behavior. That's right. Your behavior. And so I ask those questions. Um, what are you doing? What have you been doing to, to address, you know, the, the question or concern? How well is that working for you? That's also a question that I ask. How well is that working for you? And if it's not working, then it's time to seek some adjustment. That's right. It's time to do something different. 
doing the same thing over and over and getting the same exact results is considered insanity. <laughs> you know, so you have to do something different. Uh, and so we can't always control the next man, the next woman, you know, the, the, something outside of ourselves. But you can control, change, adjust something within yourself that sends out a vibration that the universe must respond to. And therefore, the people, places, and things in your path also then start to respond um, to that to that energy. It's one of the toughest lessons that I find that I have to to teach. Um, again, it's always something outside that's the problem. People, places, and things outside me that are the problem. Well, I'm trying to acquire people, places, and things, but it's people, places, and things someone outside me that's interrupting, that's blocking, that's preventing, you know, that process. Um, I, I'm a kind of guy who doesn't handle codependence well, mm-hmm. particularly spiritual codependence. And I would much rather, you know, teach you how to fish. Mm-hmm. I would much rather teach you how to garden. I would much rather give a person the tools to not only be able to face that challenge in, in this moment, in this present request, but in the future. And of course, I'm not popular for it. You know, the Psychic 800 sites are not happy about it. You know, the other readers who are only interested in, in hearing your woes and taking your money, they aren't interested in that. But for us, I think it, it's not just in repairing that separation from culture and tradition that, that we experience through the, through the mental passage, but also a sense of empowerment that's very real, right now real, that we then grow and develop. It, it becomes our community. It becomes our family. It's something that we have to pass down to our children. Uh, people are still approaching Ifa and, and Santeria and and voodoo sort of in private, or very individualistically. I'm here to address my concerns, my problems, my issues, my blocks, but we aren't bringing it back to the community in much the way we've done with Christianity. You know, and, and so how do we address developing healthy houses, elays, villages, communities, even virtually moving forward? Uh, how do we find qualified, reliable, godparents, babalows, you know, and, and how do we create a system that makes it easier for people to sort of tap that that resource? And can we? That's an excellent question. It's an excellent question. First off, don't let none of these guys that come up into your inbox, do not, don't, don't. Do not give them information. They shouldn't be coming into your inbox. Never. That's absolutely the first thing. Do not deal with those uh, the so-called babalows that come up into your inbox telling you, ah, if I said you're supposed to be initiated. Well, you never had a reading with them. How does he know? How does he know what to ask, what questions to ask? Do not sit there and go for the open book. So I want to say that first, because many, many people are going through problems 
They've given all this money to these people. And know what these people don't know what these people are putting on them. Just like in any spiritual tradition, you got those who are putting negative stuff on you. Do not sit there and trust people. So to go to the first part, one, how do we develop community? We develop community, uh, you know, by maybe doing study groups. I offer, I offer uh, at a bookstore, the bookstore here in Oklahoma City, I offer um, like a, a, uh, a, a class, like a study group class, where every month we go through a topic, allowing people from the general population to come and to be able to ask questions. Then I tell them to go verify. Because if a person's talking truth, that means you can go verify what they say. That's right. Understanding that different lineages might have a different view or a different, you know, but the sound core is going to be right there and 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 be the same it's going to be right there mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so one way to develop it is to be able to do groups or, or study groups and open up to have lectures at different places the bookstores or even at colleges whatever you know you can work out with that two look at your cousin you got this medium going on if you were not speaking truth you would have had so, so, so many detractors coming at you hard and telling people that what you speak is not true. So in, in, try, in doing these type of things, you, you allow for people that never maybe would be, be knowledgeable about the tradition to now come and learn. And you're bringing people on that are from various spiritual traditions to speak about it and people can feel energy of truth or lies. Mm-hmm. So allow your intuition to manifest and say, oh, that dude's lying. Or he's not really in, in alignment with his own, you know, I don't feel any energy coming from this person. Allow your intuition to also assist you. Number, number three, those that you know, those people that you know that are already in the tradition, that are practicing the tradition, Get references from them. Who are you working with? Who, what, what have you done with them? Oh, you got Ishefa, you got Ishefa, you got your, your priesthood initiation. Have things been on the up and up with this person? Has he been teaching? Has he been giving information? This, that. Go to people that you know. Now, if it's not people that you know, then you've got to be a good consumer. You go to you go to buy a car. You're asking a lot of questions about the car. Well, then you should be asking a lot of questions of the Babalao, of the rule, of whatever priest that you're dealing with, so that you know that uh, what he's saying is in alignment with what I'm looking for. If it's not in alignment to what you're looking for, then maybe another priest is best for you because they'll be more in alignment with what you're desiring. And, and many don't, I'm, I'm sorry, I just want to add, and many don't know enough about these traditions to even know what they're looking for. So see, here's the thing. I, I, I have a problem with my relationship, or I have a problem with my career, 
or, or I, I have a health issue, but I don't practice voodoo. I don't practice Ifa. I don't practice Santeria. And they're coming remedially, primarily to fix that problem, to, to, to get us loosened to that immediate thing. They're not often coming with the mindset that this is an opportunity now for me to grow into a tradition, become a part of the tradition. And, and I don't necessarily believe the tradition is open to everybody. Um, no more than we are all Yoruba. You know, we are not all Yoruba. But but the Risha romance, the popular culture, has sort of appropriated Yoruba. You know, I understand why the Yoruba might feel some kind of way. You know, have appropriated the tradition, have bastardized the tradition, misrepresent, you know, the tradition. And, and just in Nigeria alone, there are 199 other ethnic groups. That, that people can pull from, <laughs> you know. So, you know, that's why I push ancestral work. Be, being clear about who you are. We're not all Yoruba. We're not all Akan. We're not all Hausa. You know, and, and there there are variations, you know, if you will, to the tradition. But we're still existing in a time when too many of us don't know anything about us. And so can't even defit, di- differentiate, you know, a con culture from, from Yoruba culture, et cetera. Um, cannot differentiate um, Nago culture from Lukumi in, in, in Cuba or Candable in, in, in Brazil. So there's still that information gap. There's still that education component. Uh, and I like how you talked about the study group. And those same things could be done virtually. And I believe they are being done virtually. I have had Babalaos, not just Oba Obatala, but I've had other Babalaos as well from Oyo, from Sopo, you know, come on and, and be live on air with us and, and talk about the tradition. And it's funny, those shows are, are great. They're entertaining, they're educational, but they're not viral. And so when I see the, the witchcraft videos that are going viral, the misrepresentation videos about what Orisha is, about what voodoo is that are, that are going viral, um, I don't feel a sense of com- competition with that, but I feel a sense of um, urgency to really ensure that people are, are educated are knowledgeable about what something is before they buy it, before they donate to it, before they become a part of it. You used the word a few minutes ago, uh, consumer, to be better consumers. You know, we don't just go to this. Say that again. Research. Yeah. Research, right? Yeah. Begin to look up and study what it is that you're looking for. You want to study Google, but you know that Google might have a little bit different perspective than 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 the Google found in in um, So look at the difference, but know each one has its out. But look it up so that you, when you're asking questions, is this in alignment with what I'm looking for? Is it in alignment with what I've been kind of researching? And then, of course, the person should be able to take you deeper. Because 
That's right. Uh, Leon Richard asked a question, too. I don't want to miss it, um, about the divination methods that we use and for what purpose. Um, Many of you know that I used to use many forms of divination uh, to include tarot. Um, It was a more Western approach. Uh, For a while, I actually read out of a crystal shop here in a crystal and gem shop here in the French Quarter in, in, in New Orleans. And so in that sort of international environment, people are coming and going from, from all over the world. Anybody could be sitting in your chair. Uh, in that environment, I found tarot, and particularly Egyptian tarot, to be the best tool. Uh, I was only given 15 minutes, you know, per person to sort of consult with to connect with spirit with. I also believe that there's a, again, cultural, ethnic component to these traditions. And so we, we as Westerners, whatever your ethnic uh, persuasion is, but as Westerners, we have this thing of, of taking bits and pieces off of other cultural traditions, like yoga, for instance, very popular in the West. But most people know very little about the structure behind yoga, Buddhism, Hinduism, you know, most who have no knowledge of that. And so we're seeing that right now with Arisha. We're seeing that right now with Loa. And so, yes, Oshun is popular. Yes, Shango is popular. And, and, they're, and they're popularized often by entertainment, by Hollywood, by people like me who play these roles and, 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 and provide you a, a, a vibrant momentary experience of imagination. But when it comes down to learning the, the facts, the, the details, um, those shows were not as popular as we would have liked them to be. Um, trying to explain the language. I have some uh, of my, in fact, I have a whole family of my godchildren in the room right now, the mother, the husband, the wife, uh, maybe one or two of the children. Um, and one of their questions is often language. Um, not many people can roll the, the Yoruba off their tongue as well as you can, you know, or, or others that I know can. Um, so there's just these barriers that still exist to the African-American finding their way through all of this noise and sometimes pollution. To, to find a pathway to, 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 to truth in the tradition and then to understand and be willing to accept that it's not just about magic, but I'm, I'm learning a, a language, a culture, a new way of counting. You know, a, a, as I grew and was taught, you know, using various forms of, of, of West African divination, they don't count the way we count, you know, in the West. And women don't count the way men count, you know, in West Africa. So I, I like to use um, palm nuts. I like to use cowrie shells. I, I do throw the bones in a traditional way. Um, those are primarily the, the tools. Uh, obiabata, I use obiabata uh, in its appropriate application, primarily with dealing with Ori and with dealing with ancestors, Egon, um, and of course, crystal. 
Mm-hmm. So there's an empathic, you know, intuitive, psychic component that I still operate in, uh, but my preference to do that through is, is crystal. Um, so those are the forms of divination, um, beloved, that I use primarily in my house. And the purpose, um, well, the purpose matters. If I'm if I'm looking at initiations, um, rituals, um, then I might use a certain number of items on the table, uh, as opposed to I just want a basic reading. You know, I'm, I might use a smaller number of tools. Um, I also use um, ebos you know, to help determine um, choices, options um, in, in, my, in my practice. <clears throat> so, again, those are the tools that I use and, and find to be the most effective in, in giving the, the type of divination that many people are requesting from me. Uh, I don't know about you, but I get some, some really tough, complicated, the law, health, you know, um, marriage, divorce. Um, I see a lot of people in their 50s, 60s, 70s. In fact, my oldest client is 86 years old. And her daughter, (laughs) who's in her 50s, is my client. And her daughter, (laughs) who's in her 20s, is my my client. Um, So, you know, I know I've said a lot. I I know, and I do that a lot. You'll get used to it. (laughs) <laughs> but um, how do we how do we still move the education of what this is, what it should look like, and get people to stop being so lazy? You know, you, like he said, you you're sending your money in Western Union, you're sending your money to Cash App through people who have no address, who you can't find on Google Maps, who have no footprint. You you can't document what they were doing a year ago, five years ago, ten years ago. And now feeding off of our energy, because they see us having a great show about Ifa and Voodoo, oh, they, they're interested in this, and they'll target everyone who's listened to the show. They'll target all of your friends, and they're counting on us not to know. They're counting on us not to understand. They're counting on you not to ask questions. And, 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 beloved, you talked about research. I found that if you don't have the right words, research is not very easy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've played word games on this show uh, in, in previous uh, calls where I've given them specific words to Google, Yoruba words, words within the tradition, just just to see what they would come back with. Some of the words I knew that they wouldn't find anything. Because if, if, if the words are not in the right order or not associated with other words of the right order, then you're going to only find pop culture, Arisha romance, Hollywood-style Arisha, what everyone else has searched. Often what everyone else has searched floats to the top of the search engine. And so sometimes that, that real truth is not at the, on the first page in, in the search engine. And if you don't understand these words, like irumile, for instance, very hard word to, to Google and research. 
you know, forcing you to go into more authentically Nigerian documents where the author is and is a Nigerian, where, where the author is a born and raised practitioner. Um, most of these books are entertainment. And I love some of these authors. I really do. But but a lot of a lot of this stuff only feeds entertainment, only feeds the botanicas. There's a whole market around the botanicas, so they have to be able to sell their stuff. So they need you to believe in hot foot powder. They need you to believe that a seven day candle with a particular picture on it, you know, is somehow better than a candle that don't have that picture on it. You know, um, how do we better educate? and get people to stop being sort of lazy about their approach to really learning and understanding what this is and navigating what this is so that we can build community here. Again, that's a good question, and it goes back to some of the things that we've talked about. If you see that somebody's giving a teaching, then go attend the teaching and see what you can get out of the teaching. Then you can see if you can go back and verify that which was taught. If it's given a basic teaching about Oshun, then you should be able to know, you know, what color does she deal with? What number does she deal with? Where did she, you know, uh, uh, what did she do in Oshun? You know, you'll find these basic things and you just check and see. And then, because our tradition is more of a oral tradition, the best way to learn is to be sitting with somebody and learning. It's just like when I teach martial arts. I tell them that your, your true training is not what's found on the, on the training floor. Your true training is the conversations that you have with me where we're sitting down eating, where we're sitting down and having conversations, we're sharing something to drink, something to eat. The true information comes out in that realm rather than just in, in attending these classes and, and, and whatever else. And then once you find somebody that is treating you well in the tradition, then don't backbite them. Don't, don't pardon them. Stay with them and learn. Something that that interest is with you. These are some of the things because, you know, it's really the development of relationship with somebody that will give you the knowledge and the information that can take you deeper into the tradition. And if you do not or you're not willing to, to develop good relations, because we have old-style teachings, just like you see in the Kung Fu movies, it takes a long time for a good teacher to start teaching you. They want to see you in the up and the down time. That's they want right. to see how you handle pressure. They want to see how you handle them uh, maybe, I don't want to say treating you bad, but putting you in a, in a pressure cooker. can't handle it. They know that they maybe cannot only teach you to this level. If they find that you're going to be one that's not going to be honorable with the information that they teach you, they'll teach you less. If they find out that you're one that's not walking in good character, they might not teach you at all. So when you're dealing with somebody who is a true teacher, you got to realize they're going to be putting you through some different things in order to make sure that what they teach you is going to stay 
in a real, in, in a good place, and you're not going to be trying to use it negatively. That's right. Benjamin, um, you're saying a lot of things in the chat that I didn't say, so I'm not understanding uh, what you're talking about. Um, no one's talked about psychic communication because of the dead. I, I'm not. I'm not understanding that. Uh, the two don't have anything to do with each other. Uh, there is a means of communicating with the dead. There's a means of communicating with the ancestors. Uh, but no one said anything about only being psychic uh, by way of the dead. Um, what happens after death is the continuation of life. Life is, on, uh, is a continuum. And so you then are reborn, renewed at some other point in, in the creative universe. Uh, our goal is to evolve and not digress. Our goal is to move forward in our journey and not backwards in our journey. Uh, yeah, Anthony X, thank you. That That's palm nuts, not walnuts, Leanne. Palm nuts. Yeah, but there's no harvesting of the dead. I, I don't know what you're talking about, uh, Joshua. Uh, let's see. We're going to be ending soon, too, by the way. I'm going to give it a few more minutes. I really hope that people are 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 um, are, are looking for something that you guys are are you know 
feeling like things are given to you in a clean manner today and that there's benefit, value to us. You know, we, 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 we're working hard to, to share these things with you all that will allow you all to see just how do you find it, Mother Mel? How do you find this peace? How do you know that what's being shared with you is in alignment with what, you know, destiny has in store for you? So, you know, I'm grateful for the opportunity to come, to share a little bit that's what's taught in our lineage, in my temple, in the temple of Kabiente Pekbeme, and, and, and be able to share with you and, and hopefully elevate your consciousness to want to go deeper spiritually. And I'm certainly grateful to have this platform, have this space, and of course have the opportunity for you to, to be here and, and share with us. And, and we have many new listeners today, so some of you all don't know that um, Oloye Ifawole and I um, are related by blood, and we only know so because of DNA. So, um, you know, I've gotten some private messages about DNA. I've gotten some private criticisms about taking the vaccine. I've gotten private messages about, you know, much like Trumpsters, um, science, and just a refusal to sort of understand and accept that there's a very thin line between Ifa and science. Ifa is science. Uh, it, it, that binary coded system that, you know, drives our system of divination also drives, you know, your megahertz in, in your computer. So that it, it is science. It's a very thin line between nature and science. The difference is often, you know, nature becomes pharmaceutical, you know, chemicalized, you know, uh, and so we have to learn to operate in nature in a way that's in balance, that saves both nature and humanity but also ensures that we're gaining access to the, to the nutrients, to the powers, to, to the that we need to, can, to, to continue to grow on our journey back to God's consciousness. Asheo. Uh, I'm really grateful. I'm going to move on until the next time. Uh, I hope to be able to meet you here again, uh, beloved, and, and have such a powerful show. Uh, I'm going to try to be here Monday at noon, U.S. Central Standard Time. You're absolutely welcome uh, to be Denise Augustine will probably also be back with us also as well Good. on Monday. And listen, we, and listen we've got to get um, Oba Obatala to come back to the show again. Uh, actually, when he was here, uh, we talked about him coming and participating in my annual Obatala Festival. And then COVID happened. And so it didn't happen last year, and it's not going to happen this year because normally I would have it the first week of, of April. But I would like to get him um, on the show to be here. Yeah, I will, I'll, I'll be talking to him uh, relatively soon. I think we're talking about, like, two different people, but just to make sure I'll talk to him later on. And so um, let me just share with you guys, if you guys want to get in contact with me, um, I'm the chief uh, priest of the Ile Isheche uh, 
And the phone number is 405-593-5670. And uh, you can contact me on uh, email, I-L-E-I-S-A-O-L-A-D-E-J-I, Oladeji, at gmail.com. And I welcome anyone that is wanting more information uh, from you all. And I enjoyed my time with you. Uh, you know, I enjoy, I always enjoy coming and, and learning, growing in your tradition as well. And, you know, learning from each other. One of the things that we all have to understand, that spirituality is universal. Yeah. Spirituality is universal. Religion is man-made. So it's based on man's law and his interpretation of that which he desires to put forth in his denomination. But spirituality is God-made. And so when we come and we're working from a place of universal spirituality, we're always going to be able to learn and to expand and to evolve from each other. So let's come together in that in that realm, in that game, to learn and grow with each other. Ashe, Asheo. And and let's talk um about the Oba. Yes. I heard you say so, we we might be talking about two different people. Right. Oba is like the the Sheikh Kushona, the founder of the Ilay Allah Orisha Temple, lives in Florida. And last year and the year before we went to Ilayafe. Ilayafe uh to the main temple, to the main temple. Uh, of Matala. And at that time, uh, he was already uh, Oba Orisha of the United States from Benin. And when we went to Ileefe, he became the uh, he became the Oba Orisha of Matala uh, of America directly by the hand of Obaleshi, who is the walking the walking Obatala of the world. And with that, then uh, Oba Etekbeme became the Oba Arisha of the United States and the walking embodiment of Obatala here in the United States. And so uh, with that, then, yes, it's, it's different people. It's different. Not the same guy. Not the same person. But I, I know uh, who that is when he was there visiting you. Okay. I, I remember I remember watching, looking and, and watching some of the things. Okay. Okay. I'm that's glad we got some clarity. Right. That's who Obai Tegbemi is. He's the Obarisha of the United States by directly from the hand of Obalesi, the walking Obatala of the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so so the Oba Abatala that I just showed you in the picture, what is his title? I am not positive. I've not met him in person. I, I don't know. I know he's very, very high up, but I'm not positive of what his direct title is. Yeah, he says it's to be the Oba Obatala to the U.S. from Ile Ife. Yep. I, I would have to check. I don't know. You know, I know what was given to, to Oba academic. I was mm. there when it happened. I, I, you know, that's when I received a, a very large title. From Oba, from Oba Lesson and from Oba Lesson. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, so, that's... as far as my title with that, 
uh, is Baba Osho and Manisha Obatala of the United States. So it's the protector of Oba and the protector of the Obatala tradition. I say that was very uh, enlightening. I gained a lot of information in, in just the last five minutes. <laughs> so I greatly appreciate that. Um, and, and I look forward to sharing with you again in this space. Hopefully we can connect again on Monday. And I'm grateful for the audience and all those who uh, who are participating in the chat. I certainly appreciate you. Um, yeah, Anthony X, um, if you're the person that I was emailing with last night, um, we need to talk, beloved. We need to talk. But anyhow, thank you kindly, everyone, for being present. I certainly appreciate you and look forward to meeting you again. Odabo, peace and blessings. Odabo. That was great. Good. I'm glad that it went well and that uh, people, hopefully people enjoyed it. Yes, I, I pray so too that they enjoyed it, that they were edified by it. Um, I appreciate people enjoying. I appreciate being entertainment, uh, but I would much rather people were edified and that our people really took this seriously. I, I, I can see a day, even in our lifetimes, where many of these religious institutions are replaced mm-hmm. by something that's more uh, authentic to who we are indigenously. So so that's Mm -hmm. my prayer. That's my goal, is that people Mm -hmm. stop straddling the fence, that that, that people stop thinking that church is their only option, and that we take this more seriously and invest in this, and really have ELAs here in the U.S., voodoo houses here in the U.S., while also maintaining our connection to, to the community internationally, but but I just I live for the day that we take this much more seriously. Uh, I'm gonna be coming to you probably. Uh, I don't know what your your um, availability is, but I want to try to get a get a feel of what your guys. Um, um, so I want to try to get you to do divination on me, just from general energy, because there's a lot going on. Okay. <laughs> You know, but I want to see what a, what spirit has, uh, you know, in some of the stuff that's happened. That would be great. Let's do that. Yeah, let's. Let me know what to do that, and let me know your, your, what, what price so I can get you uh, paid as well. Um, and you want to do it virtually, or you're coming to New Orleans? You're gonna do it virtually. Okay. And I want to get it done. Yeah, I want to get it done uh, pretty much as soon as possible to get get some idea of anything. Okay, well, all is a blessing. We'll have to do that. Yeah, we can do that soon, in the next week. Okay. All right. Peace and blessings. All right. Peace. Thank you so much, Blog Talk Radio, for your listenership and your patience and participation. Certainly do appreciate you and look forward to connecting with you here again at high noon. U.S. Central Standard Time. All is truly in India. Blessing. Ashe. Ashe, oh, Ashe.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. 